It was February 2020 and I was taking a 30-day challenge course, if you will, that was designed to help people who have complex post-traumatic stress disorder who are survivors of narcissistic abuse. And one day the instructor says, if you do this one thing, you will never have another unhappy day in your life. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. Wait a minute, is that even a thing? Is that even possible? Coming up, you're gonna find out what that one thing is and how you can build a strong foundation that will help you live the life that you wanna live. All this and more next on Mission My Life. channel. I am certified codependency recovery and mindset coach Dana Cooper. And today we're going to talk more about basically building you, building who you are, finding out who you are. And you know, it, when I was thinking about this topic, right, I grew up in the 70s. And I remember I was a kid, I was a very young kid, but I do remember them being this huge movement about finding yourself. So I decided to delve a little bit into history. There's even like, I think it was on history.org of all places, but I decided to look into the history of that whole movement and finding out that the young adults in that era were going to therapy and trying to figure out who they were. But the most interesting part about that is that also at the same time, what they were trying to do for themselves was being vilified. Like, People would say, oh, it's narcissistic and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I thought that was super interesting why there would be such a backlash at that time on this movement. And it was a different time, granted. I mean, we've recently only come to a place where we're starting to accept that therapy is viable and therapy does not mean that you're defective, you know, and, and, that, you know, you, you should, you're not right and you can't like hold down a job and that you can't have friends. And that, you know, the therapy is really something that's for everybody. And it's good to talk about your feelings and, and bounce them off of somebody, you know, who either doesn't have a dog in the hunt, <laughs> I just say, you know, and, and, you know, objective party, if you will. Um... You know, I, I just thought it was super interesting. But back there in those times, you know, I don't think we were as, I don't know if you want to call it enlightened or, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's enlightened, right? Like we hadn't come as far. We didn't know as much as we did. So it was seen as a very narcissistic movement. Um, but the more I thought about it, you know, and, and thinking about power and control, um, you know, people probably said that to keep people from thinking for themselves and being the people that they were, being sure about who they are so that 
you could give opinions. You could fight back against something you didn't think was right. There was, you know, there was movements like that back then. You know, people were starting to get into social justice issues. So you can see where this backlash is coming in to help quiet these people down. And so the whole movement now in the history books, in the archives, goes down as being narcissistic. And isn't that something we're kind of afraid of? I think we're afraid of that if we do for ourselves, right? If, we, if those of us who've been codependent, um, that if we do for ourselves, that that's a horribly narcissistic thing because we were raised, we were groomed to be people who lived to please other people. The people who set us up to be this way are, are, didn't exactly have our best interests in mind. They didn't want us to become fully formed beings with our own opinions and who might talk back and, you know, who might not agree with everything they had to say. And that's why we're here. That's why we are who we are. That's why we've gone through what we've gone through. And so that thought is always in the back of your head. I know sometimes it's been really hard for me. Um, I struggle with the fact that I feel like I'm less giving. And it's not that I'm less giving, but I think that I give appropriately now and it feels weird. And it, it, it feels absolutely strange when you lived your entire life for other people. And so a lot of people, because it feels so strange, because it's so weird to be themselves, will revert back to the codependent behavior they had before because that just feels familiar. That just feels right. It feels more kind. To It does. It, it really feels more kind to be giving of yourself to everyone and everything until there's nothing of you left. But it is not healthy. You will burn out. You will have problems in relationships. You'll have problems with yourself. You'll have depression. You'll have, I mean, you not being you and not voicing your opinions is the biggest disservice that you can do yourself. Because, I mean, are you really living at that point? When you are living your entire life for someone else, someone else's dreams, what someone else wants, what someone else says, who are you really? So in the last video, we talked a little bit about the necessity of finding out who you are with that one question, right? And I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll link to uh, the episode below. Um, but so if you haven't watched the first episode, go back and watch the first episode. But there was a question and it was, what are you chasing? And that could be extrapolated to be, you know, what do you want and, and who are you? Uh, because a lot of times as codependents, we don't know. When we're people pleasers, we don't know. We are people pleasers because we don't want anyone to, you know, just, we're nice, we're cool, okay? You know, just like us, like us because we're doing these cool things for you. But, but we're not having people like us for who we are. And a lot of times, we don't even know who that is. We don't know who we are. So... When I was taking this 30-day challenge, 
uh, to solve you know, issues surrounding complex post-traumatic stress disorder. The instructor said that if we do this one thing, we would never have another unhappy day in our lives. And that one thing is finding out what you value. Now, you think you know, and it, it's it's very interesting because I actually also thought I knew, like I know what I value in life. I mean, sure, I have to. When you get down to examining, and, and here in a second, I'm gonna teach you the way to do that. But when you get down to examining what you really value, you're going to be so surprised at the intense work it's going to take to really narrow it down because you think you know. And you might have some idea. I'm not saying you don't have some time. I mean, I did have some idea um, because one of the values I kept as a value the whole time when when I was uh, figuring this out, and that's integrity. That's a, that's a huge deal to me. And so you, you, you might know, you might know, um, doesn't mean you've been living that way. Not necessarily. And I can tell you plenty of times when I was not living with integrity, but it was important to me. It was important to me. and It was important to have from others that I was in relation with. Um, but it, you'll really be surprised. I guess I should say how much to, when you figure out your values that you haven't been aligned with them. And that could be, you know, in work or in relationships. If you struggle with, with, your, with, with work uh, situations or with relationships, it could be because with these people or with whatever company or job you're doing, you're out of alignment with your values. It's probably a lot to do with that. You're out of alignment. I know every time that I struggle... Um, especially with a job situation, but also, you know, it, it really comes down to, you know, in friendships and, and all kinds of relationships. If my values are out of alignment with it and I try to have that relationship, no matter what it is, I struggle. I can't do it. It It's, it's really hard. It's harder now, now that I know what those values are because I have such a firm belief in who I am. I know what I believe. I know what I want because I've done the work to find out what my values are that it's even harder to, I'm aware of it, right? Before I wasn't aware of it. I was like something wrong. I don't like this, but I don't know what it is. Now I know what it is. Like I know that I'm completely out of alignment on something. So I guess that brings us to, so how do you find out what your values are? I like to start my clients with a list of 400 values. Now don't, don't shut off the video. Now don't, 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 <laughs> stay there. <laughs> because that may just absolutely send you into hiding right now. Um, you mean 400, excuse me, 400 values. Uh, Dana, I don't know what you're talking about. So if, if, yes, there are also lists of 200, but 400 is amazing. So if you go out to Google and you look for list of values, try to do 400, try. 
Okay, if, if you're like, I just, I just can't, I just have feelings that, I, okay, maybe try the 200. Take time with this. Now, this is why I told you to stay and not immediately shut off the video because take time with this and you can. Take, take a week, take a couple weeks, right? Go to it every day and cross off things that first, that you just don't relate to at all that really aren't going to make a difference to your life. Um, keep doing that. And then keep doing that. Where you're going to start to struggle, it's probably about 50 or so, like 50 and under. Um, maybe even more like 30 and under. Because you're really going to start to see that there are all kinds of things that could be important to you. But we're really trying to get down to is the essence of who you are, what you really stand for, what speaks to you. And I invite you to mull over it to say, what is really jumping out at me? What is really, when I see that, I go, yeah, that's it. That is it right there. And till you get down to about five. Now, when I did this challenge, they had us get down to three. And the reason that I'm saying five is I think there's room. I think there's room for a couple extra because I think that maybe we don't all come down to three things that there may be some peripheral things over here. And what I found also with clients that I've had is that they struggled to get past five. And I'm like, all right, let's do five. Five will work. And even in my own findings, I'm like, you know what? I really think that, that five uh, would work really well because there's some things that I think when I'm speaking about my values personally that don't always extrapolate to every situation equally. And so that's why I think the couple extra in there uh, maybe really help round out who you are and what you want. Now, if you remember, I said that the instructor said you will never spend an unhappy day in your life. So let's talk about that, okay? So happiness is subjective, right? And there's a lot of people that say, well, you choose to be happy. I'm, I'm someone that actually kind of believes that. I think that because I'm a mindset coach that I do think that you choose you know, a more happier thought process. And, and we can get all into uh, on this channel about choosing your thoughts and choosing your beliefs. And I think you can choose happiness. Now, that doesn't mean, and I'm gonna be honest, that does not mean that there aren't things, there aren't bad times and, and that, you know, that you don't go through depression. Um, no, but I think happiness and in the way that they were talking about it, I feel that that happiness is actually stemming from the, you know who you are inside because you know what you value and you can take that to any situation in your life. And while you may have something, you know, not necessarily desirable happen in your life and you may be uh, temporarily depressed about something, you know what you value. 
So your core being of life is not diminished, if you see what I'm saying. I'm still relatively happy, just going through a, a period of time of something. Uh, you know, I got laid off um, in 2020 as well. <laughs> so in late 2020, and I used to be a festival worker. And so we all know what happened. COVID happened, there were no festivals, so I got laid off. And I, I got very depressed about that. Uh, it was the first time I'd ever been laid off in my life. Never been through a layoff. Um, been through companies that had layoffs and had survived every round of them, but have never been actually laid off. And while I was depressed about that and I sat with my feelings about that, another thing that we're going to talk about on this channel is, is processing feelings. However, I sat with my feelings about that and, you know, I had my grief about that. You know, I, I did go through a depression over it. Um, I can honestly say I wasn't unhappy because I felt like in knowing who I was, which first I'm really grateful that that happened right before COVID because I, I wonder how I would have fared if I had not gone through that particular coaching at that time, but I wasn't unhappy. I was able to figure out, okay, here's the plan, here's where I go from here, because I aligned with my values. And so in, able, in being able to do that, I still maintained a level of happiness in my life. I have bad days all the time, but I can switch from that and go, come on, let's do something cool. You know, let's, you know, I don't let it consume me anymore because I have such a stable foundation in who I am. I mean, I'm not, I'm not one to be like, you know, toxically positive because I think that's a thing, uh, toxic positivity. Come on, just be happy. This is not that. This is, this is just having that stable platform to build for so that you don't spin off. You know, that, that you can maintain your life, that you can have less fear about moving forward than you might, than you might have. And I think that's kind of what he meant when he said, you'll never spend another unhappy day in your life. So I guess I would say that, you know, trying to find yourself, if we're going back to the 70s, finding yourself is not narcissistic. It's helping you build a stable platform in your life to where you aren't easily manipulated, to where you know who you are, so you can give your own opinions and even more so you know who you are so that you can actually move forward with your life with confidence and less fear. Because we talked about fear before. We talked about fear before and it creates a lack of creativity about moving forward. Knowing what you value is gonna greatly help with that. So what do you think? Let me know in the comments. Let me know if you've tried this value exercise. Let me know 
what you would want to see next on Mission My Life. And until then, make your life your mission. See you next time.